This is the Catching Health Podcast. I'm Diane Atwood. What does it mean to be civil? According to the dictionary, it means to be polite, courteous, well-mannered, cordial, pleasant. The National Institute for Civil Discourse, or NICD, thinks that we could all use some lessons in civility. In 2011, the community of Tucson, Arizona, established NICD in response to the shooting there that left six people dead and 13 wounded, including former Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords. The organization's primary goal is to promote healthy and civil political debate. After the 2016 election, the staff at NICD decided to develop an initiative called Revive Civility because it was clear to them that America was more divided than ever. The goal of the initiative is to help people at all levels, from politicians to community leaders to ordinary citizens, improve the way they talk and listen to each other. The Institute chose four states, Arizona, Iowa, Ohio, and Maine, for an intensive year-long revived civility effort that got underway in 2017. Now, it's my experience that people don't change their ways easily, even if they say they want to, and especially if it's someone else's idea. So, I'm curious to understand how NICD and its revived civility initiative are trying to get people to lay down their sharp swords and tongues and be civil to one another. My guest on today's Catching Health podcast is here to provide some answers and some insights. He is Mark Hughes, the state coordinator for Maine Revives Civility, which kicked off in October 2017. Welcome to the Catching Health podcast, Mark. Thank you, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here. My first question is, why Maine? And then, how did you get tapped to be the state coordinator for Maine Revives Civility? Maine Revive Civility is, a, is an initiative of the National Institute for Civil Discourse. And after the institute was formed, one of the programs that it offers uh, nationally is a program called Next Generation or Next Gen. And it's a, it's a training program for state legislatures, um, state legislators. And um, Maine has been one of the states that have participated the longest uh, in that program. And so Maine has, uh, as far as uh, a group of, of legislators that have participated, they're the largest group of, of legislators, I believe, or, or at least uh, close to it. But the primary point is, is that Maine has been a participating state about the longest uh, at, that that program has been running. And then secondly, the Institute is looking at 2018, particularly the 2018 election cycle as an opportunity to inform people and to help people understand uh, how to have better public discourse, uh, in particular, how to um, how to to interact and to uh, to challenge or or to uh, expect uh, better behavior from candidates who are running or elected officials who are who are already in office. And so Maine has an opportunity. has uh, the distinction of of not only having uh, most of our congressional delegation as um, as being up for election, but also we have a, the uh, governorship. And uh, as I read in the paper the other day, I think there are 12 certified candidates currently um, for the for for governor uh, running for governor. Uh, and so it offers a 
a laboratory, if you will, or a prime opportunity for NICD to really look at how people engage with uh, their, their candidates and, and how the candidates perform uh, in what could be argued is an important election year. There's a lot at stake, both at the state levels and also nationally, isn't there? Yes, correct. So to the second part of your question, uh, how I got tapped, uh, my background is, you know, my life, spent my life in Maine. I'm originally from Roostook County, and uh, I spent all of my career working uh, primarily on rural community and economic development issues. And so when NICD put out a call for uh, coordinators, uh, I put my name uh, in, and, um, and when I was interviewed by Karen Lukensmeyer, who's the executive director, and then a follow-up by Rachel, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Raquel Goodrich, um, the um, the primary interest they had was my connection to rural communities. Um, Maine is is one of the most rural states in the country, and uh, has an aging population, and so. You know, we're not going to be able to rely a lot on technology uh, to engage people around this notion of reviving civility uh, as there's opportunities in other states and in other parts of the country. And so what it comes down to is just good old fashioned grassroots organizing. Uh, And they felt that I had the qualifications to be able to pull that off here in Maine. You're not still up there, are you? Yeah, my, my wife and I moved uh, to, to southern Maine. I say southern Maine, uh, southern central Maine, um, about 30 years ago. And uh, we live in Poland, uh, Poland Spring, actually, currently. Let's talk about civility and incivility for a moment. You know, I'd like to think that Maine is a very civil state, community. But unfortunately, we've seen some examples of incivility at all levels in our state. So we're not, we're not so special, are we? No, we aren't. And we uh, experience it uh, right in our own town meetings um, and uh, city council meetings and planning board meetings um, and even the local library board. There is levels of incivility. We may not, um, we may not see it as, as bad as what's happening in Washington, uh, D.C. currently, uh, but it is there, and uh, sometimes it is um, um, it is innocuous. It's it's kind of behind the scenes. We don't realize that, you know, we're not listening to to somebody. Uh, we're dismissing them. Uh, we don't like their their idea, their point, and so we we dismiss them. And and that can happen, you know, right at the local community. Uh, in particular, when we, what we've seen over the last few years. Uh, when, you know, when the school consolidation was all the rage and, and you know, there was a, a big push to, to consolidate, to save money, rural communities in particular were very upset because um, they, it, they stood to, to lose one of their only kind of, or, you know, local organiza- institutions um, that kind of brought the community together, and that was the local community school. Um, and so there was a lot of heated um, discussion and debate. And um, when we get angry, when, when we get frustrated, when we get angry, we tend to let our filters down, if you will. Right. And, um, and we may, we may, you know, call somebody a name or we may, we may swear, um, but it's all incivil or, or uncivil. And, um, and so 
the initiative is really meant to uh, the the focus will remain with NICD, uh, National Institute for Civil Discourse. The focus will remain at the federal level, uh, you know, providing information and research and training and support uh, to efforts to to help uh, Congress and the administration uh, and national organizations uh, be more civil and respectful um, in their in their public discourse. But this initiative is really about, as I said, grassroots organization and really bringing it down to the local to the local person uh, and to the local citizen. And the idea being is, is that if we begin to start treating each other more civilly and respectfully, uh, if we start conducting ourselves in the, the, the local public space, whether it be a town meeting or a school board meeting or or, uh, you know, some local, uh, uh, you know, library uh, board meeting, then we it, we get practiced at that or, or we get better at that and, and we see how positive an effect it can have not only on our on our own kind of well-being but also in the way we treat each other uh, then again the idea is we would then expect and demand that of our elected officials as well so revive civility suggests that once upon a time we were more civil to one another but that we're not so much anymore. Is that true, do you think? To a degree, yes. Um, civility is, is simply showing mutual respect towards one another. Um, civility, and, and in another kind of sense, uh, is how we, uh, as as a citizen, the quality of our citizenship, how we, as a citizen of our community, of the state, of, of our country, um, you know, the, the, how we participate in that body politic, how, how we conduct ourselves. And so if you, if you look at it from that perspective, then yes, um, I think you just have to pick up today's newspaper and and look at the front page to see that we've lost that kind of understanding of, of how to be civil in, in our public discourse. Um, the, the, the polarization that happens in Washington uh, kind of gives permission to people to, you know, be polar opposites at their local level or at the state level. Um, so we've, we've experienced it firsthand. Uh, we've uh, we've seen that. Um, I mean, when when we look at the politicians, for instance, and and please, uh, this is not a a, a statement or a, or a, or an indictment of of any politician, but but just by by um, for illustrative purposes, you know, when you look at uh, historically the the uh, the uh, Ed Muskies and the um, Margaret Chase Smith. Um, and even more more um, uh, recent, uh, Olympia Snow. These are people who have conducted themselves um, both personally and, or at least I think so, um, but particularly publicly, um, with very much uh, respect and civility towards towards their uh, peers. And um, and so we we had a person who. Uh, chose um, in um, uh, in 
uh, Sabatis to uh, vent or, or, or make a critique of uh, two of the leading students from the, from the Florida high school. Uh, and that person has now dropped out of the race. But I think that's, there's, there is some degree of permission there um, that uh, the person felt that, that they could express themselves and they have the right to do that. I mean, we, we still have the right to express ourselves um, you know, that, that freedom of speech. Um, but it comes with responsibilities. It, it comes with, um, you know, we'll look at these definitions, uh, civil discourse, when we use that definition. I'm, I'm not sure many people, some people probably do, but, but many people might not um, understand what that exactly means. And it, and it's simply the free and respectful exchange of different ideas. Um, it involves questioning and disputing. So civil civility is not being nice necessarily. Um, but you're doing the questioning, you're, you're, you're critiquing and arguing your point and critiquing the other person's point in a way that respects and affirms that person. Um, is, and that's the, that's the key. This is going to sound very simplistic, but I remember when my, my children were toddlers and I was trying to learn how to be the best parent possible. And I remember learning to teach your children to use the I messages instead of um, mm -hmm. blaming and calling people out. You tell them how you feel. Well, I, we don't see that at all anymore, I don't think. And the, and the thing is that the behavior is, that is modeled for us by adults doesn't do that either. Well, and, and again, if we put this in context, um, the Revive Civility Initiative, the work that the National Institute for Civil Discourse is doing, uh, and there, there are lots of other organizations. We are partnered here in Maine with the League of Women Voters of Maine and the Maine Development Foundation, two very critical and, and key partners um, they're very supportive of the initiative. They're doing work in this space as well. And when I when I say that term, working in this space, what I mean is, is to your point exactly, um, we're 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 framing this as um, how to be a better citizen when you participate in your local government or your state government or your national government. Um, and how to have difficult conversations without disparaging or running down or name calling. Um, and that's really in, in that kind of public space. And so when you use the word model, we're all modeling that. And so it works both ways, I think. Uh, if you have, if you have elect, uh, nationally elected leaders who are who are, are being um, very disrespectful and, and very uncivil, um, that, that has an impact. Uh, I know it makes me cringe uh, every time I open the paper um, and I get a little uh, anxious and, and, and uh, frustrated, but it works the other way too. If, if I'm in my, um, if I'm in my uh, board of select persons meeting and I am yelling and screaming, um, and, and, and not caring a, a bit about what's coming out of my mouth other than to, to 
you know, tell them how bad they are at fitting, fixing the, the local roads or whatever the issue is, then I'm modeling that. That's right. So all of a sudden, what, we all have permission to just uh, say exactly what we think? Well, I think it's, I think it's come over time, right? I don't think this is, this is not an overnight um, phenomenon. You know, we just didn't wake up uh, today and uh, decide that we were going to be uncivil um, or, or, you know, to look at, you know, our politicians and, and think that, you know, they were civil yesterday, but they're not uncivil today. This really comes from how we've, how a representative democracy, and I still believe that that's, that's the best way to go, but we have divided rather than, than, um, you know, tried to, um, to unite. Mm -hmm. And what I'm, so what I mean by that is, is that if you look, if you look at, you know, how power and money and fear mongering and alternative facts and, and this idea of an echo chamber has pushed people out, uh, to the, to the, you know, one, I, you know, one extreme or the other, uh, and to the point where, you know, they're, they're comfortable in their own bubble. Um, I mean, I, I do that. I mean, I, I can get very comfortable in a bubble. Um, you know, I only get my news from a certain source, for example, or, or I, um, I only listen to one particular radio show. So we tend to, to, we tend to separate into different, um, different groups, you know, different, different, uh, ideologies. And so we become divided. And, and so, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of indicators that, that might suggest how that's happened. Citizen United, um, you know, um, the, the fact that, that politicians more recently, uh, have been able to lie to their constituents or to, uh, to, a a, a certain group, um, you know, these are not things that, are traditional to this country. These aren't things that that are that have been around since the since the beginning of our democracy. These are things that have developed over time, and and have led to uh, separating us, dividing us, and and so once we're divided, there's a very small group of people uh, in the middle uh, who who want to be balanced, who want to be fair, who want to 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 be the moderate voice in the room, the adult voice in the room, if you will. And you've got, you know, these two other uh, extremes um, yelling at each other. Mm. Uh, and and so what that's going to look like um, is we have a continual erosion of that until we decide that we want to listen and respect each other, that we we agree on the facts and that um, there is this good old-fashioned golden rule that we abide by. Um, and if people start to, to conduct themselves that way, then you start bringing more people uh, into the center. You're always going to have outliers, or you're always going to have people who have extreme positions. But that's, that's the beauty of this country, um, is that that's okay. You know, that, the, the, again, the, the whole notion of, of, you know, freedom of speech and our, and, and our Bill of Rights as a, as, as a, 
uh, as a government, as a as a country, allow us to to if I want to hold hold extreme uh, views, that's my right. But I have to uh, also uh, respect that I you know I can't step into the public space and try to force that uh, or try to or or just be you know completely unruly. Um, so again, it falls as we build more respect. As we get people listening to each other, we draw people back into the to the kind of center, and so uh, then you then you start having a majority of people who feel that uh, we we are united, that we we do have um, the ability uh, to tackle our tough issues uh, without having to yell at each other. We become reasonable. Yeah, uh, you know there are some people who would say politicians have always lied. Now, whether that's true or not, I, th- I feel that what we're witnessing most recently is blatant lying, enough so that it makes your head spin. And you kind of don't know what, what, what to believe. Right, exactly. And it's, it's those alternative facts and the um, not knowing what to believe. And so there is, there is, um, that is, it, it's sowing division, and and it, it's it's creating some of the problems that we're having. Because if I'm going into a conversation with you uh, to talk about uh, a new ordinance uh, in you know our town, and and I think and I feel like you know you're all you're you know out for is to you know take my rights away as a property owner. Because I was fed some, you know, uh, erroneous information, um, you know, I'm I'm going to to feel like I have to defend myself, and 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 I'm unwilling to even listen to you, uh, because I trust this source of information uh, over you, uh, over this direct exchange, mm-hmm. um, and and so when when we when we get our information. Either, whether it's from the right or left, um, from you know a, a particular television station or a particular newspaper or um, even a, a particular columnist, then if that's all we read and and they're not being completely honest about or 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 skewing the information to to support their point of view, then that's what my point of view becomes. Mm-hmm. You know, I know couples personally who are at terrible odds over politics right now. They used to tolerate their differences of opinions, and now they can hardly bring the subject up at all because they become, well, uncivil to one another. And uh, that is such a change in behavior that it has evolved over the last couple of years. Uh, but you're not talking about simply tolerating different viewpoints here. You want to engage people and to show them that it is still possible to have respectful conversations, even if they each have strong opinions. Correct. So Maine revives civility, um, as as I've mentioned. You know, it is a grassroots initiative, and by that I simply mean that I'm I am going out across the state, looking at at helping communities, small communities, large communities, uh, to participate in this initiative. 
But the initiative is committed to helping foster an open exchange of ideas and an expression of values that can lead to better problem solving, more effective government, and inclusive and engaged communities. So let's 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 pause on that for a minute and and think about that. So we we want an open exchange of ideas, and we want people to to share their values with each other. Um, because in so doing, they may not necessarily agree with each other, but if they if they listen and if they seek to understand what the other person is saying, how the other person feels, what the other person values, then there is room then for compromise. There is room then for, for uh, arriving at a solution that might not satisfy everybody but when you when you couple that with this again the context that we're trying to foster this in in the kind of the public space you know in other words people are people are engaging uh you know to solve problems uh and and improve their government to improve the the way things are are handled locally um, then that's that's what this initiative is all about. Well, let's explain um, some of the background about the initiative. Now, as we sure. said, that Maine is one of four states that are doing this year-long project or program. Um, it's an initiative of the um, of the National Institute on Civil Discourse (NICD). Are you all four states following the same protocol? For the most part, yes. Um, the other three states are Ohio, Iowa, and Arizona, and they all have characteristics, as I shared a, a few minutes ago, why Maine was selected. They all, in turn, have characteristics why they were selected um, in terms of uh, Iowa, for example, is a, a caucus state and so um, would be, um, would be um, up front, if you will. And um, in Ohio, they're... Um, they have uh, some politicians in Congress that that um, that aren't being very civil with each other, and uh, Arizona it happens to be the home of the National Institute for Civil Discourse. So, but yes, the short answer to your question, Diane, is that uh, we are following pretty much the same framework, and that framework is that um, the 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 Revive Civility Initiative has pulled together. Uh, a series of resources and tools that are meant to help people in communities where they're at. And so we have conversation guides. There are four different types of conversations that we're promoting uh, as part of this. Uh, there is a uh, there is um, resources that uh, people. So, for instance, people can take a pledge to. Uh, to make changes in their own personal life. So that there's, there's not necessarily a need if, if somebody is still uncomfortable stepping into, you know, a, a, a town meeting um, and trying to practice this, then then they can take a pledge and they can start changing some things in their own personal life. And then uh, another resource that's a good example of what, what is available, uh, we have a seven-day civility challenge. And people can register for that on the revivecivility.org website. And uh, the, the first day is to take the pledge and to, to you know, kind of adopt what the, what the four 
uh, things are that represent that pledge. And then each day they receive a, uh, an email from NICD telling them what the next day's challenge is and encouraging them to, to follow through with it. So at the end of seven days, people could be and, and hopefully will be better equipped to then step into the, the uh, conversations, for instance, that I mentioned. And those, those four conversations are one-on-one, -on -one, uh, small group, large uh, scale uh, conversation guides, and then uh, NICD has deployed a rather unique way of using technology, and it is called Text Talk Revive Civility. Uh, so again, the the idea that that the four states are are following that same framework. So we are all using the same resources. We are all using uh, the same support uh, mechanisms and and network from NICD. And so people are getting the same message in terms of that, and they're they're getting the same, you know, a community in Ohio, if they if they want to have a you know small group discussions, they're going to be using the same. Uh, discussion guide that I use here in Maine for communities that want to do small uh, small group discussions. The, the biggest difference between the four states is how we are going about our grassroots organizing. You know, I'm, I am spending more time developing uh, networks and relationships and capacity because I have that ability. I mean, even though Maine's the most rural state, uh, we also only have a population of about one 1.3 million, um, and my counterpart in Ohio, uh, you know, has communities that are are that, you know, big. Um, so there's there's a different approach that she has to take because of just the the differences in terms of demographics and 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 geography with Ohio than Maine, and same with Arizona, and same with Iowa. So so our how we go about our grassroots organizing is different, but the tools and resources that we use are all the same. And so I had this picture of you tooling around the state of Maine. Um, you know, there's one person trying to get people to gather and be respectful, but you're doing a little bit of that. I am. I am. And, and that's just me. That's my nature. I like getting out and I like meeting with people and I like, uh, I like helping people. I just think it's it's more more effective for me to be out there. But I I I spend a fair amount of time on the phone, and I spend a fair amount of time in in virtual meetings, which is also effective. But the bottom line is, is that I am getting out um, to different parts of the state. We have activities going on uh, in uh, Bar Harbor and uh, you know Bar Harbor and up in Presque Isle and Fort Fairfield and and down you know all the way down to you know. Uh, Portland and and um, York County. So, so yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> and are you actually organizing these events, or are you being invited to participate? So the way it works is I I go and kind of do an organizing, uh, you know, presentation or or discussion with people uh, about you know how to what resources are available, how they can be used. And and then what might be best, you know, kind of brainstorming or, or working through with folks what might be best for their particular situation or their particular community. But then, again, as I said, you know, my my primary goal is to build capacity, is to is to make sure that people, um, is, you know, I if, if they have a conversation, if I'm the one that's that's doing all the work or, or taking the lead on it, 
uh, that that doesn't um, that doesn't set up very well for sustainability. And so the idea that you know people have to commit to you know just like an individual would commit to taking the pledge, a community has to commit to being able to um, you know do the local organizing, uh, do the you know outreach you know and and getting uh, getting the meeting together. Uh, and then following through with that, uh, and then all along the way, I'm there to support, offer advice, and and how we can, how they can better use the resources. But if you know, once I make that initial kind of um, organizing uh, meeting with uh, leadership or or people who are interested in doing this, then it really becomes uh, incumbent upon them to to start building it from there. Right. Now you've had about five months since Revive Civility kicked off in Maine. Have you got any success stories to share? Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, I started in September and um, the official launch was October 6th. So, yeah, it's um, about five, six months. And uh so a couple, uh, there's, I'll, I'll give a couple examples of, of successes that we've that we've had. Um, two, actually, have related to the text talk revive civility. Uh, I was able to to connect with uh, St. Joseph's College in Standish. They're they're um, very committed to to this kind of of approach and this kind of behavior in their students. And so we had an opportunity to work with the resident assistants. In uh, helping them understand what text talk revive civility is, had them practice with it, and then uh, they, in turn, were going to distribute. Um, we have a small business card that um, that describes what text talk revive civility is and gives the instructions for it. And uh, and so they were going to distribute it to their students. And um, so so we're basically getting campus wide, uh, you know, uh, use of or or at least uh, awareness of text talk revive civility and and then colby college um invited me to come up because they had a real interest in in looking at it they have the goldfarb center for public uh policy uh was interested in how it connected to their programming and so i met with a, with the staff there and and um, and the leadership and then uh a group of about 20 students they self-identified that they wanted to to bring this to a, a broader cross-section of their campus, but also they wanted to, to see what, if it was practical to, to bring it into Waterville. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, Waterville, uh, Colby, um, for many people who uh, might be aware, is investing quite a bit uh, in the community. Uh, there will be a new dorm uh, in downtown Waterville that will be completed, uh, I think, for fall opening. And I th- there's a couple other properties, but but the important point is is that they're investing a lot into the local community, and so the students felt that there may be an opportunity to to connect with uh, Waterville residents um, to improve relations, you know, to to increase dialogue uh, between uh, campus and between uh, the residents of Waterville. As far as uh, communities go, I have a number of communities I'm working with. Uh, but as I mentioned just previously, 
um, there's just this kind of slow progression of, you know, there's been a lot of awareness building uh, in the last few months, and communities are just now coming into uh, Bar Harbor's already um, taken the proclamation, which is another uh, resource that I failed to mention a few minutes ago. And, and so the NICD has a proclamation. It's basically a statement uh, that uh, government will, will function civilly and respectfully. And there's a, a bunch of points that go along with that. And uh, it, it has been adopted in Maine uh, by Augusta and Bangor and Portland and Bar Harbor. Uh, and so all of those communities will be, will be seeing some, some increased activity as it relates to revive civility conversations. Uh, but we just haven't had the, um, we haven't had a, an actual community conversation where I can definitively say, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Well, what's going to happen when the year is up? So NICD is again, looking at this as a long-term initiative. I mean, they, I think they appreciate and they understand that, uh, we didn't arrive here overnight, uh, and so we're not going to to uh, you know get out of it overnight either. And so there is a recognition that this is a long-term effort. Whether or not I stay on as as uh, state organizer, state coordinator at the end of the year uh, will will be determined by by funding, and it will also be be determined uh, you know in terms of where communities are at. I mean, these resources, frankly. Are 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 um, you know kind of uh, self serve if you will. I mean they they're all available on the website. All of the discussion guides, the proclamation, the pledge, the the seven day civility challenge. Um, everything is is there, and um, and it is fairly self explanatory. And so all of the guides uh, take you know, kind of walk people through a structure for, for an actual large scale conversation, for instance, there are facilitator notes. And, and then of course there are backup uh, resources that, that people can have, you know, for instance, before you have a, a large scale conversation, you might want to consider doing some one-on-one -on -one activities. And so, so in the end, yeah, yes, it's, it's great for me to, to be out there and, and organizing and helping people uh, to get access to the resources and to start, start using the resources. But those resources are there now, and um, there's nothing stopping somebody uh, from just going to the website and downloading it and, and giving it a try. Well, human beings are well known for procrastinating, and and we need motive. <laughs> <laughs> and so they might hear about something, and then they'll say, "Oh, I'm going to look at that." So, I think that the uh, initiative needs you or someone like you who is passionate about this and who is highly motivated, and so therefore can motivate the rest of us. So, hopefully, the funding is there so you can continue in this capacity at least get us through the next big election cycle. Yep. Uh, you mentioned that's that's the hope. Yep. go ahead. No, I just said that's the hope. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so you've mentioned that all of these resources resources can be found on its revivecivility.org or is it a main address? No, it's it's revivecivility.org. Okay. And when people arrive there uh, on the homepage. If they scroll down, 
there is a main revive civility page. There's a main page, there's a Ohio page. I think there's an Arizona and Iowa page as well, but um, but the primary, the landing page is revive civility, and that's and that's really what the initiative is called. is called revive civility. Okay, and they'll also be able to get more information. You've mentioned this text talk revive civility initiative too, um, mm-hmm. and there's another initiative that we didn't talk about. I did do a blog post about it sometime over the holidays about setting the table for civility. Are you going to be reviving that as we get closer well, to the holidays? Actually, it's it's still there, and it is it's um, it's timely, whether it's for the holidays or or in between the holidays. Um, I mean, basically, the the set of Uh, resources, the tools uh, that are what what are considered setting the table f- for civility, uh, is uh, is meant for family and friends to have you know more to to deal with with more you know personal uh, problems, more personal uh, uh, incivility, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, you don't go to you don't go to dinner Sunday dinner um, you know because you know you've got a an aunt or an uncle that you just can't stand who's going to be there. And so you, you just avoid it. Um, well, setting the table for civility is, is meant to, to try to help ease, ease that tension and, and bring people, uh, be able to bring people back together, family and friends. So it, it is a, it is a more, I mean, I've, I've mentioned all along that the overall revive civility initiative is really about how we conduct ourselves, um, you know, publicly and with elected officials and and um, and that kind of thing. But this was was tailored specifically to help uh, people uh, have, you know, have those difficult conversations or, or be able to participate in those difficult conversations without um, without the animosity that might have been presented before. The reason it 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 uh, rolled out at Thanksgiving was because um the Institute started receiving emails and calls the, uh, the Thanksgiving after the 2016 election. Uh, they started receiving a number of calls and a number of, of emails with basically the same message. You know, I, I, I can't go to, to Thanksgiving dinner, you know, because I just can't have this conversation, you know, with, with this family member or this relative or this, um, this friend. So they put together this initi- this sub-initiative, and it stays. It's there. Um, so, you know, families can can access it. Individuals can can download the the tools that are there and the resources. There's a bunch of infographics that help, you know, uh, take some of the um, the edge off of what might be a, a difficult conversation and and kind of refocus it refocuses the effort to, to having people be respectful and, and going back to that definition of civil discourse. And um, so those are, those are available always. Um, will we, will we promote them? Uh, you know, again, when the holiday season comes around? Yes, most definitely. Now, the one thing that I will alert you to is uh, there is a national week of conversation. Uh, it is the week of April 20th to the 28th. It is meant to help people 
uh, get together and have uh, it's it's more politically focused. Uh, but again, it is because of the uh, the election year this year. And uh, but, but it is it is about getting people to, to come together and uh, have, you know, find out what those differences are or or talk about the differences that they have, the political views that they have, and see if they can come to an understanding. So again, it's a National Week of Civility, uh, National Week of Conversation, I'm sorry, National Week of Conversation, and it's April 20th to the 28th, and again, that information is on our website. Okay, and I'll try to, you might have to remind me to put that out there when the time comes as well, to remind people. Okay. The next time Mm -hmm. I'm with uh, this one couple that I can think of um, right away, friends of mine who are pretty polar opposites politically. I think I'm going to have to share all this information with them. Um, I don't know how it'll be received. I mean, some people would be very open to it, but there are some people who absolutely wouldn't not want to hear a thing about it. You know, don't like being told what to do or how to act. So all you can do is be civil, right? Exactly. Some would say that it's you show respect. Right? My, I was brought up to show respect. Um, we use the word mutual uh, in uh, the the definition of you will, if you will, um, because we're, we're hoping for an even exchange. You know, kind of a meeting in the middle, if you will. Uh, but you're right. Um, there's some people that just will not change. They're not going to change their mind. They're they're not going to change their their the way they talk or, the, or, their, or their position. And so uh, the best you can do is show respect. And that's, that's okay. I mean, that's, again, it, it, you know, we're, we're not, the, the initiative isn't really, it isn't about identifying. It's, it's not, it's nonpartisan. It's non, uh, it's non, it doesn't have an ideology. It doesn't have a, um, you know, an issue that it is championing, you know, championing. Um, all we're really about is getting people into conversation and, okay. and how to have those conversations effectively. Well, I think that you and I have had a very civil conversation here. We've modeled civility quite well. I can, um, if people go to my website, catchinghealth.com, I'll make sure to have links to not only to the website and the NICD website, but maybe to specific pages, try to make it easy for people as well. Help you get the word out. So I, I want to thank you for being my thank guest. You. Yeah, I've enjoyed this a lot. I've learned something. I'd like to think I am civil most of the time, but um, I get a little excited about stuff. So maybe I should take the pledge <laughs> along with whomever else <laughs> I would encourage you to do that all right and so. I know I know that you have of course you have to practice what you preach mm-hmm. well That's right. I'm Diane Atwood and I have been talking to Mark Hughes he is the state coordinator for Revive Civility Maine and I will be right back with more information on the Catching Health podcast so On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most, how civil do you think you are? If you'd like to take the pledge to be more civil, 
participate in a seven-day challenge or learn about upcoming events or how else you or your community can get involved, visit revivecivility.org. And to learn more about the National Institute for Civil Discourse, go to nicd.arizona.edu. You'll find direct links to both on my blog, catchinghealth.com, along with links to other resources on civility and show notes for this episode. And while you're there, feel free to look around. You'll find a wealth of information from current health news and expert advice from medical professionals to fitness and nutrition tips. I'm Diane Atwood, host and producer of the Catching Health podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, try to be civil.